What's up, everybody? This is Matilda Aguirre-Cooper, and you're listening to Financial Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I'm getting into the topic of veganism with Tommy Macangiola, an award-winning vegan chef, writer, and content creator. You might know her from her platform, The Vegan Nigerian, which is all about making Nigerian cuisine and the vegan lifestyle accessible. Tomi is also the author of Vegan Nigerian Kitchen, a cookbook featuring 100 classic Nigerian recipes reimagined through a plant-based lens. Now, one of the reasons I was keen to chat with Tomi is because I came across this one poll survey and it found that almost six in 10 millennials follow a special lifestyle-based diet, including plant-based and vegan. So it kind of looks like we're all becoming extremely health conscious. And at the same time, it's becoming a lot easier to pursue a vegan lifestyle. Now, full disclosure, right now, at this moment in my life, your girl likes chicken a lot. (laughs) But I have dabbled in veganism and vegetarianism, and I'm kind of tempted to dip my toe in again. So in our conversation, we explore how Tomi got on board with the V-Life and her mission to help people discover it through the beauty of Nigerian cuisine. Bon appetit. So firstly, Tommy, thank you so much for coming on to the Finesha Wellness Podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, same, because veganism is a topic that I'm personally quite fascinated by, but more so I'm quite fascinated by your journey and what you've kind of done to kind of explore it. Um, Firstly, the fact that you've actually been blogging about veganism for what, 10 plus years now? Yeah. Can you believe it? It's it's been 10 years already. Yeah. I mean, has it felt like that for you? Honestly, yes and no. Um, Because, you know, I I look back at when I first started and so much has changed, you know, just even in the vegan scene and how it's more accepted now and it's becoming a lot more mainstream, especially here in the UK. Um, So in that sense, you know, I've definitely kind of seen the growth over the years. Um, but then, you know, it's been such a huge part of my life now that it, it really doesn't feel like I've lived any other different way. It's kind of strange. <laughs> it's really strange. Right. No, that's yeah. beautiful. That's how you know it's, it's properly become a lifestyle, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So just to kick off, one of the sort of fascinating and beautiful things about what you've created is in my mind, you couldn't have picked a better contradiction. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> fact that you're Niger, which is literally the land of meat and more meat. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of went on this journey of following your own instincts, which led you to kind of give up meat for good. So I think I kind of just wanted to start from the very beginning as far as yeah. some of the questions you had when you were younger about yes. kind of animals and meat. What were those for those who haven't come across you? Yes, thank you for the question. So um, I was actually born and raised in Nigeria, in Lagos City. And, um, you know, if you had told me (laughs) back then that I would ever embark on the journey of becoming vegan, I probably would have laughed because, as I'm sure you can probably relate, you know, in Nigeria, culturally, meat is a big part of our diet. Um, It's, you know, seen as the thing that completes the meal. If you're hosting people, it's almost seen as rude if you don't give them meat. You know what I mean? So 
growing up with all of that, you know, I was always a big foodie. Um, even back home in Nigeria, we sort of ate a lot of home cooked meals. Um, my mom really encouraged my love of cooking because I kind of took to it at a very early age, started experimenting with food on my own and just kind of um, fell in love uh, with the whole thing. But it wasn't until um, I was in my early 20s that I actually made the decision to go fully vegan. So at that time, we had already moved over to the UK. I was um, in my early 20s, like I said, still studying at university, but living abroad in France on my year abroad. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I think I had thought of vegetarianism maybe once or twice in passing in my life where I thought, huh, this Same. seems like something <laughs> I might want to do. Yeah. But then never really following through. Like maybe I would last a day or two days tops and then I would just go back to my usual habits. But um, I would say when I was away from my usual environment, you know, away from home um, for the first time, I felt like I had a lot of time to really think through my health, my wellness, how I was mm -hmm. feeling in my body. Um, I just had the space and the time to really reflect on those things. And um, food was one of the things that came up for me um, just instinctively. I knew that at that age, I wasn't feeling my optimum. I was sort of lacking in energy, experiencing a bit of brain fog, feeling mm -hmm. a bit sluggish in my day to day. And I thought, huh something has got to give with probably the what I'm consuming and the way I'm consuming it. And when I really sort of took a step back to examine my diet, I did see that I was sort of loading up on the processed meats, can't lie, mm. loading up on, you know, the dairy and the cheeses, courtesy of being I mean, you would in France, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of took this instinctive decision to cut back on those things just to see how I would feel and when I did I was very surprised within a week I just felt so much lighter I felt as though my digestive system was sort of rebooted in a way wow. um, and it got me really curious I was like okay is this even a sustainable way to live I mean would I be willing to truly go all the way vegan um, is there a, a midpoint do I go vegetarian do I go pescatarian and so when I started to sort of do a little bit of research into it, I would say that all the information I found, it was as though I couldn't unsee it anymore. Um, right. All the things I learned, you know, the documentaries I watched, the books I read about how the way we eat impacts not only our personal health, but also the world around us, you know, wh whether mm -hmm. that's the animals, um, the environment, other people, all those things just made sense to me. And I felt as though the lifestyle really aligned with my value system and how I wanted to move through the world with a bit mm. more compassion, with a bit more thoughtfulness about the way I consume. And so that was really what made me stick with it. You know, it was a pretty radical change because I went home for Christmas that year kind of announced it to my whole family that this is what I was doing now and you can imagine the kind of <laughs> the kind of shock and yeah. surprise <laughs> on everyone's faces but yeah but that was pretty much how I how I got into it and I haven't looked back since wow I think it's interesting you pointed out that you kind of had this space to sort of reflect on your well-being because I feel like 
I came across your blog post where you talk about why and how you became vegan. And there were certain episodes in your life that really resonated with me, maybe because I come from a Nigerian family. But one of those episodes was, I think, when you were back home for a wedding and I think somebody was slaughtering a cow. And I was like, I have had that exact same (laughs) experience. (laughs) And I could honestly say, I, I mean, it was goats in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And equally, I don't think I've ever fully processed sort of what that meant as far as, okay, what did I think about that? And also, why wasn't that the moment when I decided to turn away from me? And I think I've come to the realization for every time I've started and stopped playing with vegetarianism or pecos pescatarianism that I just haven't allowed myself to think about it because Mm. I think to your point about the information I know for a fact the minute I start watching any of these documentaries or reading any of these books it is absolutely game over for me I'm turning away (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) it is such a habit and I think there is something in almost kind of pausing to assess what you do. I mean, so I guess my follow-up question is once you had made the switch, did you ever have like withdrawal symptoms? Did you ever kind of have any hiccups and then did you have to start again? I, so I'd be lying if I said, uh, I didn't miss certain things here and there. Um, not so much anymore because I feel like I've definitely gotten to a point where I'm really settled in a lifestyle but at the start definitely things I used to enjoy like you know being able to just walk into the shop and pick up like a chocolate bar or like a cupcake or you know any of these sort of like snacky foods um, that I wouldn't have to think twice about before it was like okay well these contain animal products so I mean it's probably better anyway that I don't pick them up but you know little things like that I would miss Um, but I wouldn't go as far as actually indulging in them. And that was because I think of the intensity um, of my process of switching to veganism. Like Mm -hmm. I said, once that mindset shift happened, I couldn't look back. It was as though I I saw the world through a completely different lens now so that, you know, even looking at a piece of meat on a plate, I no longer just saw that piece of meat as an object. I saw it as belonging to an animal once and stuff like that and so I never really had the temptation to be like okay I'm gonna try this and then you know have a cheat day and then maybe go back to veganism it just didn't really occur to me um Mm -hmm. but like I said certain things like before we had the kind of vegan yogurts and vegan cheeses that we do now yeah I um definitely thought hmm this is I kind of miss this sometimes yeah Mm. so So then From the jump, did you initially think, okay, I'm actually going to adapt to a Nigerian vegan lifestyle or how did I suppose your culture come into the journey? Oh, yes. I mean, it wasn't even a question for me Um, because uh, I was raised on Nigerian food my entire life. Even when we moved over here to the UK and when I was in France, I would always eat Nigerian food and cook Nigerian food for myself. It's just so part and parcel of the way I I I experience food, the way I enjoy food. I love our cuisine so much. And so I couldn't imagine having to give up on any of that. 
And that was where the fun really came in because it was like, oh, okay, even though I've, you know, switched over to this lifestyle, how can I make it work for me? How can I mm. still, you know, maintain the integrity of my culture and the foods that I grew up with? How do I uh, modify it in a way that is still delicious, still tasty, nutritious, um, but vegan, right? And um, that was really how the blog started. It was uh, very experimental. I didn't really have a long-term vision for where the blog would go or, or the different paths that it would lead me down. But I just had this urge to share my journey and to share what I was doing so that you know other people would see it too. Um, because back when I went vegan, I didn't know another single Nigerian vegan, um, mm. at least personally. And I just thought, wow, this feels isolating. But at the same time, what a great opportunity to like bring something new to this discussion, <laughs> you know. And that's exactly what the blog did for me. It connected me to people who were curious about it. It connected me to people who um, wanted to find out more about the lifestyle, but were maybe a bit scared to venture that way because they didn't know what to eat or how to eat. And the blog really started to gain its purpose from there. It was like, mm. okay, how can I begin to really make this a resource, really make this something that can demystify the whole process for anyone who might be interested in this lifestyle. And yeah. that's how it began. And it feels, I suppose, there's almost like a, a natural sort of then journey to your cookbook. So yes. how did that then come about? You know, what was the inspiration to finally sort of unleash this, you know, amazing cookbook, which, you know, I kind of went through. And firstly, I love the fact that you bring the kind of eclecticism as far as Nigerian cuisine, because truth of the matter is there are some pretty standard go-tos that if you wanted to be a vegetarian or vegan, it's like, okay, great, jollof, moi moi, <laughs> you know, you're good. But equally, yeah. I can't just eat jollof and moi moi for the rest of my life <laughs> or just kind oh, of yeah make things and kind of take the meat out and, and try to style it out. So, you know, I, I love the creativity. I love the history. Um, and I love the fact that you take quite an experimental approach to everything. But I guess, yeah, what was the light bulb moment for you to actually publish a cookbook? Oh, thank you for that. So um, the cookbook was really a dream. Um, I would say maybe a few years into blogging um, when I had been sharing recipes for a while and I had started to do the cooking workshops as well and noticing that there was just an audience of people who wanted to know more or didn't know enough about Nigerian cuisine or about how to blend the two worlds together. And so um, I you know, embarked on the journey of self-publishing the book in 2020. This was wow. during the pandemic. Yeah. So, you know, everyone was stranded at home and it was a time where it was like, okay, I mean, I don't have an excuse anymore. I have all this time on my hands and I can use it to finally bring this to life. And so the ideas really started flowing, um, you know, a while into the pandemic. And then in 2021 was when I really hit the ground running with it. I sort of got a list of all the recipes I wanted to try out. I got recipe testers on board to help me with it, kind of got into the photography of it myself. And I, I've always loved sort of writing and putting projects together. So I felt like I was really in my element with it. And I just, yeah, really went to town because I thought it was something that needed to be done. I felt I wanted, 
you know, anyone anywhere um, who didn't know much about Nigerian cuisine, I wanted them to be able to pick it up and instantly be able to kind of get stuck in creating and experimenting with our dishes. I wanted people who are already Nigerian to see the variety of foods we have to offer because um, one of the things you pointed out is how eclectic the cookbook is as well, right? Because I'm Yoruba and mm. I'm more familiar with, you know, food from that region, the West region mm. of Nigeria is what I cook mainly. But the cookbook really took me on a journey across the whole of Nigeria. So I was exploring Hausa dishes, Igbo dishes, you know, dishes from a bomb And just it, it gave me an even deeper appreciation of like, what we have to offer um, mm. and just the variety, the diversity of our meals, how nutritious and how beneficial they all are to our health. Um, and then, of course, the creativity came in when it came to sort of finding ways to, you know, modify. Like, like you said, you don't just want to take out the meat. It's what else do you put in there to give people a, t a sense that they're not missing out on that meat. Um, and so I try to give people different options in the book on how they can really work their way around that um yeah. and so it was it was a great great project really fun yeah I've lived in London for yeah um 20 plus years born um in Texas you know to a Nigerian mm. family um but what I find quite fascinating and quite interesting is after all this time Nigerian food especially in a city like London still feels like it's under the radar so it's like those yeah. that know know you know, people now know Jell-Off, <laughs> you know, Jell-Off has gone mainstream <laughs> to an extent um, in good ways and bad ways. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people who don't get it. I mean, I've had friends who are like, oh, you know, take me to a Nigerian spot. And, you know, there's so much restaurants kind of popping up. But even then, it's almost still pretty tricky to kind of describe. That being said, I'd like to pose the challenge to you. You know, how would you mm -hmm. describe Nigerian food to people who are not familiar with it or maybe curious to to try it out sure um so one word that always kind of comes to mind when i think of nigerian food is hearty mm. we um we have a lot of one pot dishes you know i've realized that are just filled with so much flavor we love our spices um i know that it, it varies from region to region um but i know at least in yoruba cooking we use a lot of chilies to add that heat to the food um, and then you'll notice as well, sort of a running thread of soups and stews, you know, across the whole country. We love um, leafy, leafy green stews, um, which are usually paired with some kind of starchy component. So um, anyone who is familiar with West African um, ingredients such as yam, cassava, sweet potato, cocoa yam, those are sort of the basis of our starchy foods, which are cooked in a variety of different ways. So it could be either boiled or pounded, made into a flour, reconstituted into fufu. Um, so, so many different ways of uh, cooking our starches paired with the soups. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the ever popular jollof rice. But then we have a whole bunch of other amazing rice dishes as well, usually one pot as well. So, yeah, I would say hearty would be my would be my word for it. Nice. And how can you ensure or how have you endeavored to be a healthy vegan? Because I think with Nigerian cooking, it can be easy to sort of lean into dishes or ingredients 
that may not always err on the side of healthiness, you know? Yeah. So yeah. what have you sort of done to, to navigate that? Yeah, that's a really great question, you know, because also to dispel the myth that once you go vegan, you're 100% healthy, not true. You know, it's right. very possible to, <laughs> it's very possible to be vegan and still be, you know, eating chips all day and still call yourself a vegan. So Yes, there are definitely things you need to pay attention to. When it comes to Nigerian food, um, you're right that there are certain cooking techniques that may not be the healthiest, um, such as like the deep frying, using excessive amounts of palm oil, um, mm. eating excessive amounts of, you know, certain simple carbs, whatnot. So for me, um, I've tried to just like approach it with moderation. So Things like palm oil, for instance, I know it's very controversial for a lot of people, but I actually choose not to omit it from my diet because I find that it's very flavorful, first of all. And if I can find a sustainable source of it, I will add it to my dishes, but I would be very careful with the amount that I use. So if you've been to, you know, been to Nigeria and you've had like a typical dish made with palm oil, you'll know that the soup is swimming in the oil. There's at least a few inches of it sitting on top. (laughs) And that's, you know, very typical to see, right? Um, But I found that actually, if you're just using a smaller amount, you can still get that distinct flavor without the excess calories. Um, So those are just some of the principles I try to adopt. You know, I do portion control as well, try not to overdo it with the carbs and try to um, make the the vegetables the the center of the dish, I would say, and balance it in that way. Try to make it as balanced as possible is what I do. Nice. And what would be the best starting point for someone who firstly wants to explore veganism and then also wants to do that through a Nigerian lens? Sure. Um, So for anyone wanting to approach veganism, I would say definitely go at your own pace. Um, I did it sort of the going, doing it overnight way, which it worked for me at the time because I just kind of uh, filled my head with a ton of information at once. But I understand it can be such like a very overwhelming um, switch to make. And so to make it really long lasting, it's really important that you take your time to do the research, to look into the benefits of it, um, to really see how you can incorporate it into your life and start to make the changes gradually um, because this will help it stick. I would say have fun with the process. Um, If you're interested in veganizing Nigerian meals, go for it, you know, try and, and, and see um, new ways, be open to new ways and new techniques of cooking. I have a ton of great recipes in the book and even on my blog as well that people can look through. Um, like I said, our porridges are amazing, one pot dishes, our stews and our soups. I really recommend trying things out like F4 Riro. I feel like it's a very accessible dish that's very nutritious, mm. but at the same time, anyone can make it anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, just really get into the the habit, I think, of seeing the lifestyle more as abundance rather than restriction. That's yeah, a really, really that. important way. Yeah. And I think with that, you can't really go wrong. Love that. And what part has community played? Because I think it's also really impressive that you've built this community that started sort of via blogging and is now 
gone across other channels like Instagram and YouTube? You know, what has that kind of played in your journey and what have you identified through the community of people who, who are loving what you're doing? Yeah, community has been huge for me. I mean, um, it's, uh, I can't even begin to describe how incredible it's been to connect with the people I've done over the years just by doing what I do. Um, just to see conversations getting started around our food, our culture. Um, it's been amazing. You know, I would say the first time I, I truly, truly felt that sense was when I started doing my pop-up restaurants in 2016. So mm -hmm. up until then, I was sort of sat behind my computer sharing my recipes. I would get a few um, like blog comments here and there, which was really nice. But then once I started to kind of be more outward um, with what I was doing and actually share the food, meet people physically, do the workshops, um, that was when it really kind of uh, took off community-wise. Um, and it's been amazing to kind of see the growth even on social media and seeing people engage with the content um, always makes me really happy. And I just love the fact that people are learning something new um, where they can and that they're able to kind of get that support as well whenever they need it. So it's been amazing for me. Nice. And thinking of community closer to home, what impact has your lifestyle had on your family? That's a really great question. So I'm still the only vegan person in my whole family. Um, but I've definitely seen changes over the years, just more intentionality when it comes to health and food choices. So for instance, my parents now, they only drink like plant-based milks and mm. they only do um, uh, non-dairy spreads. Um, my mom as well, she prides herself, you know, when she's gone like a whole week without me, she'll call me up and actually let me know <laughs> and um so so little things like that you know where I've seen them incorporating more vegetables into their meals and I think just by being vegan over the 10 years and just sort of living my life the way I've done it's sparked a lot of conversations um even with extended family members it's gotten us to really chat through some things um because you know on a on a personal level right I'm sure we all have like family members who might be going through some health struggle or another. We all have an aunt or a grandma, you know, who might be suffering from some kind of dietary related illness, could be high blood pressure, diabetes or whatnot. And it's been really, really great to kind of see their interest in the lifestyle from that point of view, because, you know, not everyone is going to approach veganism for the other reasons I mentioned, sort of sure. like the environment and for the animals. But health is a really big one. And, you know, if you can connect with someone on that level, I think that's really powerful. And if it then, you know, has a positive impact on their lives, then even better, right? 100%. And I think it also goes to show why representation is so important because, you know, how long has veganism been around? But when you see someone that you're either connected to or looks like you suddenly it starts to feel a little bit more feasible like I can't lie like the minute I came across your cookbook and I've been diving into it in your content you know I'm now thinking twice about what I pick mm -hmm. up I mean I'm not there yet who knows <laughs> but you know like <laughs> even today when I was like in the canteen I'm like 
meat or maybe veggie. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely went down the veggie route. So, you know, I say all that to say, you know, you're doing some really awesome work and and I'm glad you're doing it because it's it's certainly helping all of us. Thank Um, you. So just to kind of finalize the conversation, um, how do you finesse your wellness? Yeah, so um, finessing my wellness, I do that in a few different ways, actually. Um, So on the food side of things, I love to prioritize home-cooked meals. I feel like when you cook, if you have the opportunity to cook, um, you know, most of your meals yourself, you get to see what goes into it. You get to balance the nutrition a little bit better than maybe if you are, you know, eating a lot of ready meals or eating out a lot. Uh, One big tip I can give to anyone who has a really busy schedule is meal prep. Meal prep Mm -hmm. is everything. You know, if you're just setting aside a couple of hours on a Sunday to just batch cook some really nutritious meals, I think that really goes a long way and really helps you through your week to know that you're fueling your body with really good stuff. And then I would say another way I finesse my wellness um, I also do prioritize movement. I'm not the typical gym rat. I'm not a fan of the gym really, but I do believe in the power of movement. And so I like to incorporate um, things like walking. I like, you know, home exercises like yoga, Pilates, that just kind of gets the blood flowing. And I feel like I I try to fit those into my week and and it really makes me feel so much better. Um, So, yeah. That would be that would be my thing. Love to hear it. Thank you. So, Tommy, where can people go to find out more about you, what you're doing, and also if you are doing the events again, please let us know. Oh, I will for sure. I mean, for now, um, I'm doing most of my work online, so I do teach group uh, cooking classes, and oh. that's been a really fun thing to do recently. So I do uh, sort of corporate team building exercises. I do for groups as well who want to learn a bit more about veganism and Nigerian cuisine. Um, so you can find all the details for that on my website, uh, veganNigerian.com. And then I'm on social media everywhere as Vegan Nigerian. And for anyone who wants to pick up my book as well, um, you can get the hard copy either on Amazon or you can get the ebook download and you can find the link for that on my website as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, fun, fully intended, but that conversation gave me plenty of food for thought. (laughs) So here are my top three takeaways. Number one, go at your own pace. If you're going to make a lifestyle or diet change like veganism, it's definitely worth doing your research, just as Tommy did. Takeaway number two, let's start changing our perspective. And I like this idea of looking at veganism as something that brings abundance rather than restriction or lack into your life. I know in the past, I've definitely always thought that veganism was taking something out of my food rather than recognizing that the plant-based lifestyle can actually add so many benefits. And then finally, takeaway number three, have fun with the process and with the journey. If you are someone who loves cooking, absolutely gonna love Tomi's channel. She has a plethora of 
ingredients and recipes to explore, especially with the Nigerian cuisine. And if you're not really into cooking too tough, that's all good too. I think it's safe to say veganism isn't going anywhere. And if you live in a city like London, there are so many places that you can explore. So that's that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Finesse Your Wellness, brought to you by Flygo Collective, a space for Black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle. You can follow Flygo Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or sign up to our mailing list at flygocollective.co for lovely tips, goodies, and invites delivered straight to your inbox. Also, if you love what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes. It means a lot. Much love to you all. Catch you on the next episode.